Hello and welcome back to the TTOT, to Tani Talks OT, the show where we talk an OTP, the OT perspective for the day to get you on your way. I want to talk about something silly here in season six, talking about something silly, the idea of being silly with our kids in general and in life. Oftentimes, too oftentimes in life, life is serious. There's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot to, to take care of. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to accomplish and a lot for our children to do also. And if we are too strict, too disciplinary with our kids, we become too authoritarian, which is one of the worst parenting styles to have, then we're going to lose out on that fundamental aspect with our children. We're not supposed to be neglectful, God forbid. We're not supposed to be too permissive, God forbid. We're not supposed to be too authoritarian, but we're supposed to be authoritative parenting. We're supposed to be authoritative parents, which is the best type of parenting to be. And the question is how to juggle that kind of a parenting. This is the parent style where you're nurturing, you're responsive, and you're supportive, yet you set firm limits for your children. We try to have the children's behavior controlled in a way with rules, discussing, and reasoning. We listen to a child's viewpoint. We don't always accept it, but this is the best one to have. We don't want to be the type of... Parenting where it's permissive, that's child-driven, rarely gives or enforces rules, overindulges the child to avoid conflict, that's not good. We don't want to be neglectful, God forbid, where it's an uninvolved or absent parent, or they provide little nurturance or guidance or indifference to the child's social, emotional, or behavioral needs, God forbid. We don't want to be authoritarian, which is parent-driven and sets strict rules and punishment, one-way communication with little consideration of the child's social, emotional, behavioral needs, that's not good. We want to be that authoritative parent where we solve problems together with the child. We set clear rules and expectations. We have open communication and natural consequences. But we need it to be that we need to be supportive and in tune with the child's needs. We need to guide the children through open and honest discussions to see values and reasoning. They have to have limits and standards, but there's much more nurturing involved. And when we're talking about nurturing, we need it to be that there's silliness involved in the life as well. So yes, I need my children to be dressed for bed after doing a bath. I need them to put on their pajamas. I need them to get in bed night at a nice nighttime hour where it's not, you know, one of the major holidays of the year where we're we're singing and dancing with the Bible scroll or where we're setting the Passover night on a regular average night. I want them in bed by, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock, but it could still be that we're silly. So oftentimes I'll use different silly voices. I have a Mr. Eugene who comes from Russia with the ketchup and the mustard to going down the drain and going down the road. He only knows how to use the ketchup and the mustard. He goes around and he goes on to the dirty pigs. We also have Mela is here for you as another voice and then we have Uncle Fish who wants to come Uncle Fish is ready for town so I use these three voices oftentimes for my kids I think I use a different voice at different time I'll use a scary voice too sometimes if we're doing a story and then the story never really makes any sense we'll talk about how we're going from here to there and we always end up with an ice cream truck and we this week we've been doing the ice cream thing I don't do this often it's not very often most times I put them to bed and it's very late and I just sing to them the couple of nighttime songs and I tell them good night good night to you good night is what we say good night good night to you we hope you had a good day good night good night to you Good night is what we say, because good night in the evening is the best way, is the right way. And I'll do it with each of my kids, but they're two Hebrew names. 
And that's that's what I try to do most often, singing with them the Shema, which is the bedtime prayer and a couple of songs. Oftentimes I'll do it very, very quick. But when I actually sit down and have time, sometimes I'll read a book, a silly book called The Book With No Words by B.J. Novak, one of the guys from The Office. Other times I'll do the actual story where we'll start here and then Donnie, Shmani, and Lonnie calls up uh, some random names I made up and they call up the house and we want to go on a trip. We go in the van. Mr. Eugene grabs onto the back with the ketchup and the mustard and Uncle Fish is in the back as well. And Mela comes along for the ride too. So that's a, a silly way that we try to get the kids during bedtime. And this week we've also been doing silly questions, which I, I randomly did the other day and they actually love it. So a silly questions will be, tell me what is bigger? Is the giraffe down the street bigger or is an elephant down in Africa bigger? And they like it because it's silly. The questions make no sense. And then I'll, if the question is wrong for some reason, if they choose the wrong answer, for example, a silly answer, I'll go wrong answer. And if it's right, I'll say audience. We do a special audience clap where they clap on the palm of their hands and I like them to clap along. We'll do other types of silly questions like which is bigger? The mosquito on the net or the elephant on top of the car. Like things that don't make any sense. But obviously you could choose which answer is correct. And they'll ask, can we do the silly questions, Abba? Which is Hebrew for dad. And then we'll say which is farther, which is longer, which is bigger, which is faster. What's faster, the cheetah in the forest or the ant on the ground? You know, silly, silly questions. Because silliness is really epically important and really a good thing to have in life. And oftentimes we'll also do like an ice cream thing. With my daughter, the three-year-old, we, we transitioned her to a bed very recently. And in the bed, I could actually lie down with her and ask her these questions, which I think, which I think is fantastic and, and, and wonderful. And she'll ask for the ice cream thing. And when it comes to that, she'll say, Abba, can I do the ice cream thing? So I'll, my hand will make a little cup motion. I'll tell them, press the button. What color ice cream do you want? She'll say, pink. And I'll do the noise. And then I say, what color ice cream? Oh, no, this is chocolate, chocolate monkey. And then I pretend to pour it on their head, which I think is very funny and very silly. Silliness is really something epically important in life. You know, there's actually many benefits of silliness. I just randomly Googled it, and I found that even Parent.com talks about serious benefits. It's our most important job in life. Kids are silly at heart. The, uh, the occupation, the main occupation for children, as an OT, I'm an OT, the main occupation is play and play and silliness go hand in hand it's how they grow how they mature sometimes somehow somewhere along the line as adults we learn that silliness is negative which i don't think is right putting a rubber chicken on your boss put it on the desk and see what happens that's not good but for kids silliness is really really important especially for comfort and safety we want kids to feel emotionally stable if you have you ever felt emotionally vulnerable or hurt when you're laughing no laughter is joy that can't be contained it busts out of you joy is one of the best parts of living when a child feels joy he doesn't have pain neglect confusion self-doubt or fear how do we get this silliness into the life by being silly. How do we get this joy? By showing fun, joy, silly things, by being that role model. Silliness also helps to cope with stress. Stress is very difficult for lifetime. There's a lot of stress in a lot of areas, especially for children. They have so many different things they need to accomplish. When you put silliness in, you could get the stress away and they could get more resilient. It also helps with bonding, as parent.com points out. You know, when we're silly, they could bond with each other. They get that bond, they strengthen that bond, and they feel more of a connection with you. It also brings positive discipline and healthy choices. Being involved with having silly, it really shows that the, the parents are not just 
district disciplinarians and rule enforcers, but that there's a time and place for everything that we can be silly and have funny things. It also allows for creativity. Being silly with your child, it shows a whole dimension, a whole world, words and different things you can work on with the children. There are many, many benefits when you're silly with your child, you yourself also can decompress, relax, and feel close with your child. So being silly is epically important. We want to be that authoritative parent where we have good things for the children. And if we could apply that as an OT, I think it's fantastic to bring silliness more into our lives, the lives of our students, and those around us. Join us next time as we talk an OTP here on the TTOT. And I'm your host, Tani.